You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, Sid Talk. What is the before the after the show discussion this week? It seems like we only just did a podcast. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> we kind of just did. This is early. Where is this? Is a different day than usual before the end of the show what were we discussing i was making a comment about terrorist, the terrorist thing, thing. attack in yeah, uh, paris and, yeah and the idea of that little by little people it's a disaster to think that people there's a huger bigger thing out there than i think we're aware of on a daily basis of people who do not believe that you should be allowed to have an idea, voice that opinion or that idea, and discuss it openly. Regardless of your behavior, that there are people who believe that even voicing that opinion, having that idea, an idea, which is like, it's an idea, that you should not be allowed. That there is a, there is a list of things you can think. And behaviors you can engage in, and everything else is wrong, and they want to now... I it's not just now, it's always happened for yeah. all humanity, but it just seems it's becoming more prevalent. At least we know more about it, so I don't like that concept. And you don't like the new CNN, CNN website? <laughs> no, I do not like... I go to CNN's website almost every single day. It's been like three days, and now it's all different. But um, Website redesigns are weird for me, right? It takes me about a week, and then I forget that they've even been redesigned. But for that week, it's weird. And Amazon got changed last week. So every time I go to Amazon now, it's... Was it really different? It's not really different, but it's different enough when you're doing searches and stuff. And plus, uh, they've changed the header and everything. It just looks different. What I don't like... Is this thing of it has to look like something you're going to do on a phone or a tablet because... They do have that now. I am, I still am, I would say 80% of my time is at a PC, multiple PCs with about 12 different monitors. And at those PCs is where I read news or whatever. I want to read the news. I don't read a lot. I don't read magazines. I don't read books. But I don't need, I don't want to sit all day and watch news videos. I like to read the article and then the updates and then come back to it later and see what other updates are. That's just... It's just one of those I, weird things that I have. I have to say that IGN is the biggest offender for it, their website. They're trying to be cool. So mm-hmm. so you see a headline. Well, Amazon is different. Yeah, so on Twitter you see it. It looks like Netflix to me. Amazon now. Yeah, that's exactly how CNN Everybody's is. trying to make it look like A picture on the yeah. front. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, I'll get used to it. It's like I'll, everybody's trying to look the same though. I like things to be functional. When it needs to be functional for me, I don't. I necessarily like even my site, SidTalk.com. It's not very, not nice looking at all. It's very function over form. <laughs> like here are the articles. Here are some little thumbnails, and you can go to the article and read it. There's no videos. There's nothing. It's just very functional. And I think because if you want to go read a recipe, I just want to read a recipe. Well, that's um, <laughs> IGN is the worst one for me. Uh, they have they'll post a link on Twitter that says, uh, for instance. Last night. Come and see our review of Marvel's Agent Carter. So you click it to go and have a look. And then it's a it's an article. But at the top of the article is a high-definition 1080p video that automatically yep, starts playing. Play. I don't want to watch. I came there to read the article. Yeah, not and to you're watch wasting my bandwidth that I pay for. Yeah. Not I'm, you, them. B- but yeah, yeah. It's, it's pointless to stream that. See, look at my site. There's really... It's very old-fashioned. 
It is what you call an old-fashioned blog-looking site. I don't care anymore if you call it that. But it's like, oh yeah, I can see very clearly the, the title. They can't see it. You'd have to go there <laughs> to see You'd have to go it. there, but uh, yeah. yeah. So that's a big... Uh, Basically.com. <laughs> yours is getting a little flashier as you go on. Yeah, I do. I, I mean, it, my, yes, I do have a, um, a similar thing to Amazon at the top. No, nah, it's not that similar. I mean, it, it's a Better. slideshow or whatever you call yeah. it. Yeah. And everybody seems to be having that slideshow. What it is, is somebody said, that's cool, and then everybody tries to emulate that. So eventually everything will all look exactly the same, which is what happens. And then somebody else moves on to something else, and then they all move with it. We're all going to go retro, and one of these days, we're going to have newspapers in our hands again. No, we're going to have newspapers in our hands again. I don't see that. I see that happening at some point in our lives. You mean like like people want vinyl records now because it's cool? But that's not a massive thing. I just think that it would come it would come around again. All right. So this is after the show. This is after the show number 358. After the show is a podcast where we review a movie every week. And this week's movie is the movie Boyhood. It's, well, when you listen to this, it'll be uh, January the 13th. Maybe not. It could be 2017 when they listen to it. True. <laughs> I hate to break this to you. This is like maybe an illusion, a delusion you have, but there aren't people sitting at their computers on Monday mornings going, when's it coming out? When's it coming out? When's A. Scully coming out? When's A. Scully? When's after the show coming out? Pressing the refresh button. (gasps) Oh, there it is. So this will be delivered to you on that date if you are a (laughs) subscriber. And the movie we're looking at is Boyhood. It's a 2014 movie. It releases on Blu-ray on the 6th of January, so you can pick that up yesterday. yesterday. Um, so yeah, it is available now. It's rated R. It's from our friends at Paramount. And Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of Boyhood. I think the title says it all. It is a slice of life, I like to call it. I don't think that's a genre. Slice of life movie from a fictional, it's not a documentary. So whatever you've heard about, it's not a documentary or anything like that. Uh-uh. It's not like the one where they did follow people. Uh-uh. Um, that's all it is. A slice of a life of a young, of a, a young. male person. From the time he's about eight, I'm going to say, maybe seven or eight years old, mm-hmm. until he graduates from high school. Is it? Is he younger than that, though, right? At the very beginning where he's lay on the thing like that. That's the first shot in the movie, the cover. Nah, he might be about five or six. Yeah, it's, it's you know... It's pretty it's, little. Yeah, it doesn't cover his babyness. Well, it's because... 12 years, and he's 20 now, I think. So there you go. Right. <laughs> Subtract the time. So, this movie, like we just... Its thing is Richard Linklater, the director, actually filmed it over the period of twelve years. Which so my is what... synopsis is: it's a glimpse at boyhood. True. So he filmed it over a period of twelve years with the same cast, which is like unheard of. It has been done before, apparently. I was looking into it. Uh, some French film did it. That's what maybe, you mentioned. But not this amount of time. Um, he mentioned that was his sort of inspiration. So it sounds like you know it. To some people, I imagine they think, oh, that's just a gimmick to make, like, a movie. Uh, but that's, like, the story itself. And I've just been reading Don't ever go to IMDb and read what people think of movies. Because <laughs> people just don't get things. Like, they don't get things at all. Like They They're don't... just ideas, though, right? Yeah, don't but they just don't understand them. things. They just, like, like, the people who do get things, I guess, don't go and talk about it so much. People who raising don't get my it. hand. The people who don't get it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm feeling elite at the moment. Like, oh, I get it. I'm not going to post about it. I think that's the problem. So the pe- all the people who go, what? What? This isn't Iron Man. Where's the action? Like, literally. Yeah, that's literally. What people- <laughs> literally, there was a comment on IMDb. Not joking. Comment of, I like films like Iron Man, and 
taken, he said as well. And I watch this and what there's nothing happens. When when's there a fight in it? There's no you know, it's just like what? Come on. This is a different type of movie. But still I saw somebody say I couldn't I'm a young I'm a young man, like seventeen. I can't relate to this movie whatsoever, any of it and I'm like Did No, that's possible. I can see that that's possible because this isn't a life of this is a very specific life this Actually, boy has. You could has relate led. to something. I don't know. I mean, there are people whose lives don't match up with it. Like me with that movie from last week. Um, when, this is when I leave you. I don't the identify. Guest was last week. I'm sorry, the week before so that. The guest, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, the week before that. Um, that I don't identify with that family life. Right. I just don't. I don't see my I family in that I. other than the oldest, middle, and young child thing. And I think that's just sort of universal with humans. It is the way we are. And other than that, as a as a lifestyle, I don't relate to it at all, and it makes me roll my eyes. So I can see someone who has not lived this life relatively safe and secure, some bumps in the road, not that, you know, nothing horrible that we've, that we're, that's depicted to us. So there are going to be people who think, that guy's got it good. Yeah. That fucking kid had nothing wrong in his life. A lot of the life. comments were, what a boring motherfucker. Like, I wouldn't even want to know this guy. He's, it's just so boring, his life. Like, he's boring. He's just a boring... Ma- oh, boring... I find him so interesting. But the, there was a lot of that. If I, I would never have this guy as a friend. He's so boring. Like, he's so up his own ass. He doesn't, you know... Those are the guys I've always been interested in. You're not boring, I'm just saying. And you're not like him. You're not a... You're not a... Well, we'll talk about it well, yeah, as we go. I want to say about this film, uh, Boyhood, that this is an absolute superb film. Mm-hmm. It's it's superb because it's almost three hours long, and when the final when it fades to black at the end and the credit come up, I was like, really, has three hours gone by? Because I felt like it was twenty minutes. Like oh. it, it felt very, very like I, I didn't think that at all. But I, I was see like, what you're saying. I was almost like. I wish was I wish this was the whole of this kid's life, like all yes, of it. That's what like I, said. I want this is halfway now, right? Can we have the rest? It could like, have been six hours, and I would have been. Yeah, just that's as what riveting. I was like. I was like, I, the, there either needs to be a sequel where we cover the rest of his life, or the rest of his life needs to happen now. I want to see the whole thing. That would be really. <laughs> but so, that is looking into the future. True, yeah. you can't do that. a little tricky. But um, it is so. It is like a little bit of a gimmick to have the same cast come back every year and film but then you forget about it so quickly and they, they just age like on the screen like it just, sometimes you don't even notice sometimes I go um, oh wow that's so subtle like you know somebody there's, there are big changes in this where it skips quite a few years and then you go wow they really look, do look different but there are certain parts of the movie where it might just be a, he didn't skip he, he did it every year he did do it every year, but so you're towards only skipping the end, one year. Towards the end, there it seemed to. Yeah, but remember, he did say they had a couple of years off towards the end. Yeah, but he's also a young man, and young men can grow a foot in less than yeah, a year. Yeah, that's where I, I actually notice it more on Richard Linklater's daughter. Yep, absolutely. There, she went from being she, a little girl. She's a little girl, then she's, <laughs> a, then she's like a young woman. That's I how think. girls are. All of a sudden, you go from sort of like this moldable little cuddly girl to being like oh she's going to be a woman someday like well, i was enthralled by the entire thing i was just like it's like what almost a little bit like watching somebody's home movies like for the for you know like a little bit but not documentary but style. not documentary style, no no because it's actually it's not really shaky slick. cam or anything yeah. like that it's just normal. but it's almost like peering into somebody's like you found somebody's home movies and you're just watching their entire life unfold like but just 
select bits of that life. Here's one thing that it tapped for some reason. As we're watching them, you know, and they're like kid, little kids, and they get older. By the time they're we're getting about ten, twelve years old, this thought occurred to me about people who hurt children. True. That this like overwhelming thing came over me, like you, you. You know, we're human, we're creatures, and we reproduce, we have our young, and then, well, I don't, but as a species. And there is a time that you cross over from being in a, in a kind of a safe life. You know, you go from being relatively sheltered, away from harm, you know, your mother and your father, if they're doing basically a good job, I guess, I don't know, I don't know. You're not experiencing anything harmful, and then as you get older, you get exposed to more people and more ideas, and you you know, there's the first drink of alcohol and the first drugs or whatever, and you experience other ideas and people being jerks. Then I started thinking, but there are children who live their entire life as a little child, two years old, one year old, three years old, where people are straight up mean to them hurt them, sexually abuse them. And I don't know why it brought that up in my mind that not that we need to coddle our young. I think, in fact, you need to be kind of balanced. I think this mother was very balanced. Yeah. There's a certain She was a bit, little bit artsy. But she, she wasn't, was... yeah, she wasn't like super protective, but she did when, when the shit hits the fan, it's like, no, 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 this is my little unit and I will. But she was also open to like, okay, so you're growing and I get it. But, um... I don't know why that came to my mind to watch a person growing up and then seeing them experience in a relatively what seems natural way to be exposed to like the bully at school and then a can of beer and then the dad trying to talk to you about sex, you know, like in a sort of a smooth transition. And the people who who take that away from somebody in horrible ways, it just, I don't know why, it highlighted that for what me. What kind of it, what it highlighted for me? There's none of that in the movie, by the way. It's just my mind went there for some reason. One thing that came to my mind in the middle of it was how children are dragged through adults' lives. Absolutely. Basically. Yep. Like, they can't, they've no choice in the matter. Whatever the adults are doing, they kind of have to go along. Like at the beginning where the mother's like, look, we're moving house now. And the kids are like, no, but I go to school here and stuff. And they're like, well, no, we're moving house. So there's no choice when yeah. you're a kid. We're moving in with this new dude who you don't know. It, you know. Like how do you learn to make choices? That's why everybody's fucked up. Because nobody yeah. learns how to make choices. Because for the first 18 years of your life, mostly. You have no choice. You are literally like. Towing, towing behind. So that's what it focused on for me because I kept thinking of the kids and going, "This is she's this mother's making some poor decisions, like in this life here." I mean, she's not trying to; just some poor decisions are being kind of. Well, she's picking the wrong fellas. But you don't know. No, you don't know, and she doesn't know. It's just a journey for her too. But she's done it twice in this movie, or three times. (laughs) Yeah. Pick and and the same thing keeps happening, and I was like, "These, you know, it's about kids." And adults have all this, like, say on kids, and the kids don't have a choice. And the kids turn out to be what these adults put them through. Like, they either come out at the end, you know, wizened by it, or they come out damaged by it. Yeah, see, I think you're, you, you, I mean, we don't have a choice. You're raised. You're raised by something or someone, somewhere, somehow. You go from being born to eventually in your life dying at some age. Like, that's just, you're... You don't just get born and you stay one day old forever. And if whatever happens, I think that as your personality emerges, 
you either react against the thing. Let's say your parents were abusive or like some bad, bad shit. You grow up with maybe this complete opposite, empathetic, helpful, I want to help the world, I want to save the world. I don't want to put that hurt on other people. And then another person in that exact same situation grows up to abuse their own children and abuse other people and be like, I'm angry at the world. And I think you either push against what you were taught or you're like a you're sort of gobbled up by it like a Borg, <laughs> you know, like like you've become assimilated to that. But it shapes who you are, and this absolutely kid, one way or another. Yeah, this kid uh, takes some influences from his real father and his mother, and it makes him a certain thing. Because like, he's an observer person. Yeah. His personality is the way you, it's depicted. Is he's an observer and he's watching. Hmm, how's my mom behaving with that guy? How's she behaving with my dad? How does she behave with me? How do these girls behave with other boys? I mean, you can just see he's... And that's an adult's rich... What's his name? Rick Linkletter? Rich Linkletter? Richard. It's his story he's telling. I mean, not about his life, but I mean, he's decided to have this person be an observer. And what I really liked about the story, too, is how um, it depicts adults as... They're not, they're not fantastic, and they're all flawed in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the ones who at the beginning, like um, uh, Ethan Hawke, as the the father who's left, you know, they're, they're not a couple anymore, and he's the father, you know, and, and you seem, you think like, well, he's, he's a fuck up, isn't he? And like, I, selfish and... But then, as you grow through the movie, you realise he's, he's actually really cares for his kids, like, it, it's like the only thing for him. Like he, but he's also able to completely remove himself from it so he doesn't have to deal with the responsibility. That's where the thing is about his character. This kid is being raised up with these milestones. You do this, you do that, you graduate from high school, and then the expectation is go to college because his mom ended up going to college. She was a little bit older when she did. The father, and he's supposed to now, then become an adult and blah, blah, blah. Whereas the father is on his own timeline, and as we see at some point... He does end up with a minivan and talking about politics yeah. in a different way and sort of the khaki pants and whatnot. So it's like there's a timeline out there for you. And the father... Even the father Is sort knows. of off the hook. Yeah. Because he just got to do his own thing and then be sort of the come in, come out. And no, yeah, me. I had this thing like, oh, we're going to try to think this guy's Mr. Wonderful and he's got great advice. But over the time, I started realizing he is that. He's balanced, just like yeah. she is. He's, there's... He's, he's fucked up, and he's also a good father. You know, both things. But I really, my my favorite line was him was where he said, um, "You know, someday you'll be you'll, you'll either be cool like me, or you'll have this minivan." <laughs> yeah, I mean, like a funny face, like <laughs> yeah, because you know, and and the things that boys remember too. Uh, this is another thing that touched me personally. When the, he sat in the car with his dad, and he's, he's and he says to his dad, "Where's the, where's the Mustang gone? Because he uh, GTO, where's your GTO gone?" And he says, well, "You know, I sold it for twenty two grand. You know, I, you know, blah blah blah." And the kid's like, "Well, yeah, but don't you remember?" And that was something that I, when I was a kid, my dad told me he was going to do something, and then he didn't do it, and I always remembered that he, like, it could be the smallest thing. Well, I'm going to take you to the swimming baths next week, and then he never came. And I always remember you, the smallest little thing as a kid. You're like, even years later, you're like, remember that thing he didn't do? But when you're a kid, it isn't small. No, it's huge. And it's still life... huge when you're a man. Like, you're, you're like, I remember him letting me down. Like, I, that's what I remember. And you know when the girl also said it? 
like he said, don't you remember all them fun things we used to do? Oh, yeah, and she's, she's like, like, nope. I nope, I just fighting. remember you fighting. Absolutely. That's all you see. It's like... My dad loves to... Uh, well, I haven't talked to him that much over the last 10 or 15 years, but in my teens and early 20s, when there was the serious conflict, it was his favorite thing to say. You only fucking remember the bad stuff. While he's sitting there completely drunk in his underwear on a couch calling me a whore. And it's absolutely so, yeah, true. It's like, but it yeah, is absolutely you know what? true. I do you're... remember the bad things. My siblings, however, 10 years older than me, remember lots of good things. So there's a the what uh, Linkletter said about, and as I was watching this movie, I'm like, we're not just watching this kid grow up. We're watching all these adults deal with their childhood as adults. Because, I mean, just like you said, it factors in. And we're watching them grow up as adults. And my parents, everybody's parents, you know, my mother was 26 when she had me. So over the course of 20 years, until I'm ready to go off to college or whatever, she's 46. That's my age. I've changed a lot since I was 26. Yeah. And just because you have children doesn't mean you're, like, in this little capsule of, like, perfectness. No, and, and another thing that was it said... It really in the, captured that really well. There was a thing said in the movie about, like, adults don't know what they're doing. We're just yeah. winging it. Like, and that is also true because nobody has a set... Nobody goes... Nobody gives you a thing and you're says... You're doing what people have told you to do. When you, when you are... Well, having children, for instance, somebody doesn't say... When you when they hand you the baby in the hospital and you can go home now, there's no manual for for it. I mean, you can buy a book and, yeah. and, and read like, but yeah, everybody does it differently, right? So you know. I read some. Uh, there was a list of from Mental Floss. It's online, and they had like the ten most um, I don't know, interesting or the least emotional or something like that, dismissive um, forwards or dedications in books that they had found come across. And one of them was a guy who wrote a book. And he said something about mothering and parenting. And I dedicate this book to any mother who ever raises a happy child. <laughs> and he was, because there'll be nobody. Yeah. You can say in your life, oh, I'm happy. But that's probably not because of your parents. No. <laughs> like, you know. It's probably I, because you figured some stuff out eventually. And, and, but and, then people, and some people don't. And let that shit go. That's the thing. That's what's so impactful about this movie is you're I'm along with him thinking he's absorbing all this he's gonna process it if he's if he's in my mind the right way to live your life and I don't mean between right and wrong I mean is to figure out then who you are right he's artsy fartsy he's got a kind of a free spirit he's got sort of a cynical look at the world he's an observer it's from his dad he doesn't have to go by all the rules. The rules meaning you do this one by the time you're 18 and you do this by the time you're 22. And the mother even says, I did it. I graduated. I had my kids. I went to college. I got a good job. And now I'm going to die. <laughs> I mean, that was like her timeline is you've graduated from high school and now my next big event is death. Like, yeah. And he said, hey, hold on, mom. <laughs> haven't you skipped 40 years? <laughs> yeah. But that's how my mom even said. I'm fourth in line. Plus, like I said, I'm 10 years behind. So when I went to college, she thought, uh, it's not be that big a deal. I mean, you know, by then she we weren't, we didn't spend a lot of time together or whatever, you know, but she said driving home from taking me to college, which was like a three hour drive. She just cried the whole way home because she was like, oh my God. All my from the time she was fifteen until then, when she was like forty-four, she had been the mother, and she's still a mother. But I mean, every day it was mothering, 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 and now that was gone. And I do, I do, I think that Patricia Arquette, her really brief little speech there was really impactful. I thought it was like perfect, summed up 
And it just dawned on her, like, holy shit, like, what do I, what am I even doing? I like when he asked the father, what does it all mean? Yeah. And the father's like, well, I don't know. But he didn't have an answer. No. That's what I loved about that scene was he didn't tell him, oh, well, the happiness is being this or that. He's like, I don't know. So it wasn't trying to coddle him or be like, oh, you sound like suicidal or something. He was more like, Ugh. but he sort of has lived his life. Just following his own little... A bit wild, a bit, yeah. a bit, not, no path, just kind of, you know, But knowing through. that over here was the path he should, people think he should be yeah. on, stick with your woman, take care of your kids, have Wear a job. Wear the khaki pants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have the minivan. And then he ends up with the Bible thumpers, which I find really funny. All of that, though, I mean, all, nothing is out of place here. All of the, all yeah, of the things is it's is well some... done, but I can see how a person could watch it and not identify with this lifespan. You know, with these people and their lifestyle. Because it's fairly contained. You know what I mean? There's you, there's danger and things that happen and bad things and stuff. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, nobody's life's the same. But but it's, it's not like watching somebody living in a war zone or someone who ha- no, is, has been No, it's not, but I think that's where it is good because it's more ordinary than... It's not an extraordinary yeah. thing. It's just an... Here's somebody growing up and a series of events that are very plausible and a lot of people have probably lived similar types of things. You know, like, there's no, there's no like, grim, you know, there's no deaths or... Don't tell that. Spoiler alert. But I mean, it's not, it's, it's a fairly, you know, just a normal, there's nothing really super out of the ordinary that happens. And I agree with the one young lady who was in it saying afterwards that she liked that the scene with her and him wasn't the typical... You know, what you would think of, like a movie, like you say, these people think something needs to happen. That's right. because we don't see the moments of, we didn't see this couple break up. We mm-hmm. see a little slice of now when she's, de- we didn't even see her decide to go to college. She's telling them we're going. And then she goes. And then the next thing we see is her in college. And then we see her as a teacher. And we I don't like see that. it happening. I like that a lot. Oh, did too, a lot. Because I was like... Because when it does, like, reach a, like a, a line, there's like a line, you know, the movie... Some stuff happens, and then it's quite clear it's a year later. But you're, I'm kind of sat there, and a lot of things are running through my head. Like, it's just, I'm filling in the blank. Yep, I'm yep. going, okay, she said that. Oh, ooh, and then there's a load of story going on in my... I, I thought that was really... Otherwise, boring. it would be a series of scenes where it's like, I'm leaving you. Yeah. That like, well, I mean, that does count. Like happen, a but. montage of <laughs> yeah. things quickly. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, here's her going to college, and here's yeah. this, and here's that. Here's and here's them married. Here's them stepping down the steps. You know, all that's been done. The way it's done here, it's it's just that it asks the viewers and audience to go. It's like, like they took the movie, they made that big movie of all those events, but then they they skipped ahead of that event by about half a year. And that was one of my favorite of parts, yeah. so that it just skips ahead and like, and then you have to kind of re acclimate. You go, okay, this is happening now, and you know, the different things are going on. Um, what I really like about the mother character is you get the vibe that the re- one of the reasons she couldn't in her mind stay with the father was because he wasn't stable enough he couldn't provide enough money he couldn't provide like a a house and a like that kind of lifestyle because as we see him through the years he lives in a shitty apartment he's he's got music instruments everywhere and you know i mean that's not the life she thought she wanted was where she didn't have to worry about money and then as we see her go through the years that's really all she ends up doing anyway because that's what life is 
And she had an expectation of what it was going to be like. And then in the end, we see her often dealing with bills, sitting at the table with a checkbook. And, and she doesn't like that. I mean, exactly. One of my favorite but things she, was... But the where, thing was, she had the idea that that wouldn't happen if she did the college and got the right husband who looked right. Because you, you got a college professor and an ex-army guy. Yeah. who seem really stable, like individuals, who will then not provide for her because she's got a job and everything, but make that image of life all come together. One of my favourite parts is at the kids' graduation and they're at a party in the house and uh, Ethan Hawke comes up to her and they've not spoke... It's obvious they don't speak very often. And there's just body language between them. And it's like she's kind of um, guarded against him because she knows he can be a dick. And he's kind of like, I want to talk to her because, you know, we we, we used to have a thing together. And then then money comes... Money is discussed... But then he doesn't come through with it anyway. He goes, I, I want to give some money. And then she... For the party. She kind of rolls her eyes a little bit as though to say, you're not giving nothing. Because you don't. You don't. You, but the, there's no acting going on. There's just this look of both of them. And then he goes, I have to go and get the money. It's in my wife's purse or whatever. Because he doesn't have the money. Yeah. And she, you know? And that's their... And she goes... The, but see, that's it. Her expectation is you need to... Be that person who has not the not yeah just an like, ordinary yes like, the regular person which is like the guy she marries in the middle of the movie mm-hmm. who it seems like a regular upstanding guy but it's not always what it seems is it I think that unfortunately even this is from a man's point of view hundred percent he wrote it directed it I'm sure he's the hundred percent creative push push behind it it doesn't show men from most ages in a very Enlightening. No, light. no, I, I think. Other it, than Ethan Hawke's character, I for some reason. You like him. I, I like him. I like. I know him. he's a fuck up, but I like yeah, him. Yeah, I like him more. I like him less. When but yeah, it shows ends males. Up with those people at the end, but even the growing up scene where they all go to stay in the, um, it's like a sleepover, but for all the dudes, like the young teenage dudes, and they're just talking about pussy and. <laughs> nice. I'm, but you know what I'm saying. Yes. It's very crass. It's, and, and it, it's why girls roll their eyes and say you're but even that idiots. just makes men look like complete idiots like you know but it's very true I've sat in a room where that has been happening and just gone oh fucking idiots I still hear it at work for men who are my yeah. age idiots I mean the way they're talking like uh, when the when the one dude says it's not about what you what she wants it's about what you want yeah you know it's just horrible like it's just this horrible like misguided youth and, the, and then from this movie, you, you have to zoom out and think, okay, he's living in a family that's teaching him something. This kid, the kid who's on the floor who doesn't want the beer and he's like, whatever. You can tell he's being raised a different way. It just really makes you focus on why that person is behaving and saying what they're saying right in that moment, kind of. It doesn't explain everything. You might go home and he has perfectly nice, calm, decent, respectful parents, but usually... I, I'm not a parent, so I can say this, where there's smoke, there's fire. Like, there's going to be something somewhere along the back end of their life that led to that moment. I, I think that's what, how this movie works, too, though. It has a lot of that. Like, there's, you can see where, like, certain traits of the boy comes from, just from the events unfolding. Yep. Like, it, it's, it's molding these people as, as you go along, the girl and the boy. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, and... I real there's a scene where you know the the dude the grey haired dude some yeah. stuff happens and where the daughter says to the mum are we going to see yeah the, the other two well they, you know they've got another brother and sister really well not really step I mean, sister step brother. sister step brother and it's just and when something happens it's like 
will we see them again? Like, what's happening here? Like, you're just... The, our lives are being tugged by you adults. Like, you're ruining things. All the way, all the way through. Yeah. So... I think, you know what, unfortunately, people... I know some... A few, a handful of people, even my age, were late 40s, who still have that a little bit. I know people who have questioned me about how terrible it would be to have their mother go to Mexico for Christmas. My mother spends uh, at least a month or two in Mexico every year. It's wintertime this year. She and her friend, she, we, we can't call him the boyfriend, but she's lived with him for years, um, have been in Mexico all winter. And, it was and so what? Christmas. She's a grown right, woman. Right, but there are grown right. people my age. You can't believe that she would oh, leave you Oh, there's this one lady at work who yeah. just crossed her arms, and she just said, I just couldn't forgive my mother if she did that. And I'm like, she was 50. So that would have impacted her holidays and her whole vibe of everything. This is a woman who lives one mile from the house she grew up in, never has traveled outside the state of Missouri. Like, this is a woman who is still, no, they don't buy a vehicle unless they go talk to her parents and uh, her husband's parents. And I'm like, holy shit. That to me is still being, you're still, that's really ingrained in you. You know, I don't have that I was about to say, I don't have that much respect for my parents, but I don't have that much respect for their opinions of things in anything. So I feel like I've never been attached to that so much, you know? So, uh, let's... It it sounds like it's really sporadic. Like, it's really a bunch of... It's hard to define this movie. We've talked about a lot of things. It's all about this and that. And some of those people's comments on IMDb are correct. There is no arc... Like, you see in a formula of a movie, other than this person's growing older. I, I, I love that. There's I no first, second, and third And there's act. no, like, oh, something. when this thing happened, and they all had to, like, you know, even in This Is Where I Leave You, you have the set of things. Yeah, the Hollywood formula. Exactly. You've got, like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. You've got those beats that they call them. So we're talking about all the ideas that it brings up, all of the, like, emotion that it brings up, because it's about... Life and I find that that makes me really and the whole, stimulated. The whole idea Richard Linklater had, and from twelve years ago, was you know the day that you leave home and you go to college and you feel free and you're driving down the road and you're free. That idea is my idea, and I'm going to through twelve years get to that place, like which is how the movie ends. You know, you're breaking away. You know, like our nephew who's mm-hmm. about to do that next year. I know. He will do that exact scene. <laughs> he'll drive down the road, or he'll be driven. Yeah, my our nephew isn't just like a nephew, like over there. He's spent he's spent half his life in our house. Yeah, he spends half the week with us, and has since he was little, little. And I took care of him the first two and a half. And that years scene of his life. is literally what's going to happen. Yeah, so. that he, just like me, and just like you. I mean, you had your you had your boyhood. Yep. And then when you decided to move on and go off to university and then do your own thing, and that was your breaking away. It was different circumstances. Um, I think in our family and in our the way we do it, every little step is sort of measured and celebrated, and you have a party and you have a thing, you know. Just like I just went to my niece's college graduation. It was a big deal, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, he hopefully... See, that's what I think, though. I have a very... I, I, I'm almost glad I don't have children sometimes. Really glad. I'm 100% glad, and then there are days when I'm extra glad, because I don't know how I would have... I think they would have been too... um, I don't know what the word is. Not free-spirited, but I mean... Like, I would not tell them, you don't sit there and draw that picture instead of doing your homework. I would say, do you think you should do your homework, or do you want to do that drawing? 
You know what I mean? Like that, I would always, my mother was like that with me, I guess. And I think that that's how I want my nephew, I want my, everyone, all the young people that I know to come to a point in their life when they just go, oh, right. I get to decide. And there, there is an element of in life you have to stick to some of the and stuff. Actually, the ki- in the dark room in this movie, yeah. there's a scene in the dark room where the kid's into photography and the teacher comes in and says, have you handed in your thing? Have you done your thing? And he's like, no, that won't take me long. I'll do that later. Because he's more focused on the artistic exactly. doing this thing. And the, the, the teacher does say to him, tries to instill something into him of, that won't really get you anywhere. You need to... There's too many people who are doing the art thing. Yep. You need to have a structure and stand out from them. And he he says it in kind of a... <laughs> to me, it's kind of like, if I was a kid, I'd be like... like but it is right. Yeah. It was right. But there has trying. to be... Yeah, if you're going to... It's great and fine to be whatever you think you're going to be. But everything you want to be has a, has a an industry around it. It has a system around it. If you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or an artist or a glass blower or a microphone maker or a writer, doesn't matter what it is. If you sit in your room all day and write fantastic books, no one will ever know. And unless you figure out how to be part of that system, and it's unfortunate and that's why I'm not a professional artist because I can't. I like the job where I go and it's, you know, I go and I do it and then I come home and I, I don't have to promote myself and all that kind of stuff. And in in, their, in the young people lives, like with him, he has to figure out that balance, which is my favorite thing to tell young people. You're going to have to find, you know, I know people also my age and it is, I listen to them and I feel like your life is like drudgery. You know, I'll say something about my job. Um, my friend asked me the other day what my title was at work. And I'm like, oh, my God. I don't even know. I've been there 15 years. It's changed once. And I don't know what it is. And she asked me what my annual salary is. And I said, I don't know exactly. She's like, how can you not know? I said, I, I don't know. I mean, I pay my bills. And sometimes I get really low on money every month. And whatever, you know, I don't know. And I was, and she's like, well, it's a paycheck. Uh, well, I make this much. And she had it down to, like, the dollar and the penny and, like, how many hours she was going to spend of her life at this job. Different type and, of people, I guess. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, I don't see it that way. So let's go on to the cast here. Ella, topic. Ella Coltrane plays Mason, the boy in the, of the said piece. And, uh, you know, he's not an actor boy. He's a... He's, it's a boy. He's, you know, they follow this boy, like, every year. Well, it's not a documentary, though. He's acting. Yeah, he's acting, but what I'm saying is they've not... He's a newcomer on the scene when he started making it 12 years ago. He's not some actor kid that he even said in that interview. Like, he's a kid they found who seemed right. Like, the vibe seemed right. And who knows how a kid's going to grow up They anyway. didn't find him. He auditioned. Right. So, obviously, his parents they, were putting out there to be an actor. Kid. Right, right. So, yeah. But um, he's amazing in it. I mean, there's a lot of... Towards when he gets older. Yeah. That's when you feel more like he's really putting in the time. When he's a kid, he's just just a kid. being a kid. Yeah, like be a kid on your bike, be a kid. You know, make a make a weird face when you're watching your mom flirt with some guy. And, but you know. some of the scenes later on with his mom, especially, I really thought he was, you know, it's quite, you know, for. A, I don't think it's much of challenge. When you've lived with the same character and you have the director who's so into it telling you pretty much everything to do, I think that's the vibe I got. And, well, uh, his sister is played by Richard Linklater's daughter, 
So she literally grows up on camera also. And she plays Samantha. And she's so funny in it. Like, when she's a kid, I was laughing my head off at her. You know, when she goes, yes, mom, yes, mom, yes, mom. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, she's real... She's like, nope, we're not moving. Cheeky. Yeah. <laughs> we are not moving. You can do whatever you want. That's fine. You can move if you want. But we are not going. And when she she's was, like, uh, when she was singing Britney Spears, like, like that thing where, like, siblings... Just to torture him. Yeah, that's all she was doing. She yeah. was funny. Um, but then, you know, as she grown into a young woman, she was also... You know, there's some really good scenes between... Um, I, I wanted more scenes between her and her brother, but they didn't really have a lot of interaction as they got older. <laughs> you know, they sat you there... You don't, really. No, I guess not, but... Um, she was great, too. Um, now, when they're talking about, like, awards and, and this kind of thing, which they are for this movie, it's just been nominated for a lot of Golden Globes, five Golden Globes, Oscar nominations are coming up soon, and this is in the running... Um, Patricia Arquette is amazing her performance in this movie. Really? Um, yeah, I. I felt like it was. I feel like she half might. And half. No, I just, I've not seen her for a while, and I forgot how good she was. You know, she's been in that medium TV series, and you know, obviously, she's in one of my favorite movies and yours, True Romance, from many years ago. But I forgot how good she was, and how she portrays this is. I think later she gets better. Early I just like the spirit yeah. of her. Like, like I could see a person. Like, it, you know, when she's, yes, I agree. When with she's that. the mother in the tracksuit pants and she's trying, struggling to bring the kids up, and yeah, I agree the, with that. The fathers. I felt that was very real to me. Like that was a person, you know. And she grew. You know, she she made shitty decisions, but she she was a you know she changed person, which people do, don't they? They change absolutely. You know, facets of themselves. And what she is with the kids, she's different with the adults, you know, she, I felt, she felt like a real mother to me, like, and, you know, I lost my mother, and when the boy was talking to her, when he was a teenager, you know, when she was saying, you, you know, you're leaving now and all that, I was like, I never had that with, you know, I never got to speak to her as an adult, to her mother, and it felt very real to me, like, like, what would happen? It is, it's happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> My mother telling me she could not even believe how much impact. She made the movie for me completely. Like, she, she's actually her and Ethan Hawke, who we'll talk about next. Who. I was losing faith in Ethan Hawke. We just watched him into shit movies. Like, The, yep. the Purge, I mean, it, it was shitty. And Getaway, which was a turd, a literal turd. We both <laughs> said it was the worst movie of that year. Right. <laughs> and I was like, what happened to Ethan Hawke? He was great. Like, he used to be great. I used to enjoy watching him. Like, in fact, in fact. Yeah, but think about it. You haven't even seen that many movies with him in it. That's not a really lot, think about it. But there were times where I was like, I think it was Tape, which was another Linklater link movie, where I was like, this guy is, is an actor. Like, he's really good. And then he's in these shitty movies. Now, it, it, when I heard he was in this too, I was like, oh no. Like, it, I've not seen anything from him that's quality recently. But holy shit, he was quality. Like, it wasn't Ethan Hawke, I forgot about that. It was like yep. the dad. He's their dad, yeah. It turns up, he's... I was almost like... There was a point where I was like, I wish that was my dad. Because he's, he's fun. And, and when I'm a kid, I was thinking from the kid's point of view. You know, mm -hmm. he's like, who wants to have fun? And let's get in the car, there's some presents. And that, From a kid's point of view, you, you would not see the bad parts. Correct. And he seems great, doesn't he? Like... Uh, you know, the daughter says he smells of cigarettes or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, he seems great, but he's not together, which is what real people are. that's the thing are. about the daughter. She already she, clued in, because yeah. if all she remembers is them fighting, yeah. 
And she already understands that all the presents and all the fun and the bowling yep. isn't really, it's just what it is. Like, that's what I found interesting about that. But he, that, felt like, he felt real because he, the boy, he was flawed and the yeah. kids, the boy kind of glossed over. He was just the, the dad to him. Like, he loved him and, you know, he, he was a bit neutral some of the time with him. Like, he just, uh, all right, dad, you know. That scene where in the car where he's telling them, and it's very realistic also. Where he says, "Okay, how was your day?" Yeah, so, <laughs> that's right. And they did the typical kid, you know, whatever. And he's like, "No, no, 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 no. We're not that type of family. Let's actually say what we did, or you know." And then they say to him, "So, do you have a girlfriend? What, what have you been doing all week?" And he's like, "Oh, I see. You know, it's very realistic dialogue." It was good. Yeah, I give him credit for this one. It's for me. It's Patricia Arquette and him, and they don't really have any scenes together. I mean, there just are a a very, times, just a couple but, of times, but nothing substantial where they need to... But I completely understand exactly how it went down. Yeah. He was interesting and a musician and really full of life and probably very charming. And she was, like, young and she hadn't really focused yet because she didn't go to college till her kids were, like, the age that we meet them at. But she was obvious that that was her plan. And then she had the kids and then she skipped over from years, whatever. So you can see that whole thing happening. And then through him being just irresponsible to her, and them not working out, and then him being the absent father, then every scene we see with him is her with this, like, I know you could probably charm me again. Oh, yeah. And I find you fascinating, and I find you vibrant and lively. And then he says the one thing, or does the one thing that makes her be like, oh my Uh, god, you're such a screw-up. I really love the conversation he has at the door when he's waiting for the kids with the mother. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> it's so awkward. Like. It goes down very quickly. <laughs> it, there's nothing coming out, and then it's just chit-chat, <laughs> and then, it, then, then she says something that's kind of a little bit biting yep. towards him. But, it, you know, it's all very realistic. I, that's what I thought. It's well-realized, and I definitely buy everybody. There's no One scene I had a, just a, a bit of a irkling with, or whatever, was the... Mexican gardener type dude where he came up to them in the restaurant. Yeah, that, was that a bit... seemed very fabricated and like not not like the type of movie this is. Like that just seemed like do we need an inspirational thing here? Like it just seemed very I would have done that differently or not done it at all. Like it just didn't it seemed a little bit out of place. Like I don't know. Because no one reacted to it. That was the thing. It didn't show the kids having a reaction, like, oh, no. yeah, she is probably good, or nothing. It, it was, was just, just to showcase that the she mother She didn't even is... react. No, not really. And, she was and like, I, thanks. I, yeah, like... What Almost it... like, that's not... That's uh, it's fine. Yeah. It's... I would expect that. Of course I told you to go to school, and of course you did. I mean, I was smiling at the scene, going, wow, she inspired somebody. But then I was like... The, How disappointed not... is he when he's walking away, and they just yeah, act no like... no reaction to it at all. <laughs> They're just all like, are we having our dinner now? <laughs> yeah. like, and he's gotten up <laughs> His to whole life has revolved around this moment. It's like going up to your hero and then being like... Fuck so that off. moment kind of irked me. And, and I was... Uh, for a couple of minutes after that scene, I was like, wow, that was not, that was just very... But like, you think about, though. If she doesn't react very strongly, she's just like, thank you. And you don't even see her really thinking too deeply about it. It kind of shows you how derailed she is. Yeah. Because when we get to the point of the son graduating, and then she says, this is, I thought there'd be more, then she's not even focused on that moment. 
just a self, like, what's going to happen Yeah, to and he's saying that's kind of the point of the whole movie, is that in this moment... I think the movie just... That, that particular scene just felt real forced and... Yeah, it con- did. It just felt awkward to me. And like, it was also a little too glossy looking compared to a lot of the scenes. It, it, it didn't did, bother me, but I It stood out to me as like, oh, wow, this is all very realistic, and then this scene here in particular just seems a bit like, oh, this is a Hollywood moment in a movie? Like, it's a bit What a weird. coincidence. Yeah. Um, so, yeah... Uh, Aethanot, Patricia Arquette. And I also wanted to put down this guy, Marco Perella, who plays Professor Bill Wellbrook. <laughs> he was fantastic also, right? He was. You're not going to like him, because you cannot. But the And he's not in it that long. But the unravelling of him is... Oh, he Perfect. Seems, seems cool. Yeah, and he just unravels. And the unravelling over the... It's only like the series of about 15 minutes, I think. But it's just... An, and when he's on the golf course, and I said to you... It's just a very small well of nothing, of assholeness coming through. And, you know, and then it, it kind of explodes. That, that whole he section, does a fantastic job. Uncomfortable as shit, that whole section of the movie. I was like, you know? This, you felt that, like, something the, bad's going to happen. Yeah, that whole scene was really well done. And that guy deserves some props because I don't know him. Never, I don't feel like I've seen him before. But Yeah, I didn't feel like the other husband was as impactful. No. I don't think so either. Not unfortunately. On a, he was kind of too Hollywoody for me. Yeah, just not really much to him. Like and this other. Also, guy, the though. age seemed weird. Like, why would she hook up with him? He seemed way younger. Yeah, than I, 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 every time she hooked up with somebody, I was like, that's why. Wow. <laughs> not every time. There's two. Well, the two. <laughs> I was like, that guy. Uh, no, uh, I can see the professor. Hundred percent. Because professors I mean, are was, very. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and she's her major was psychology, and that's what he was teaching was psychology. So was I like, could totally was get like that. Roger from Mad Men. <laughs> Like middle-aged Roger from Mad Men. Uh, Not as slick as Roger. Roger's more slick, yeah. (laughs) And more charming. Uh, All right, so um, this is directed by Richard Linklater, who has made many films over the years. School of Rock. uh, A movie I watched just recently called Bernie, which I discussed on this podcast, uh, the one with Jack Black about the true story of the guy, uh, the mortician guy who uh, killed somebody in, in that small town. Which was awesome, by the way. You should all see that. Waking Life, which was a really interesting kind of experiment. Isn't that funny what her daughter said? Yeah. Really what was your favorite? He said, what was your favorite movie? Interviewing What's been your his daughter. Make a, what was your most recent favorite movie? Well, I really like Waking Life. Um, but it's kind of boring for a little kid. I like the animation. Kid. Yeah, I like the animation, but it's kind of boring for a little kid. Sorry, Dad. And then she like did the... <laughs> like, no offense. <laughs> yeah. But, um... Yeah, he did Waking Life and, and A Scanner Darkly, which are both rotoscoped, both of those mm-hmm. movies. So uh, A Scanner Darkly was a Philip K. Dick, uh, like, sci-fi version. And Waking Life was more of a spiritual kind of... But they were both cool, and there's no movies that look like those movies. Um, Nothing ever happened with it. Rotoscoping kind of died. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Richard Linklater did it, and nobody else bothered. Like, But it looks cool. Those two, Commercials those, those did movies. it for a couple of years. Yeah, they did. Um, also, Richard Linklater did the Before trilogy, which I said to you I've never seen, but I'd love to see because uh, Julie Delphi's in it, who I really, really like a lot, and um, it's also Ethan Hawke. And what that is is it's three different movies about a love relationship between a couple, and it takes place, like, like... 10 years between each movie so it's similar to this in a, in a we go back and revisit it every 10 years and make a new movie these three of them I'll have to see them now after I've seen this because I know they're probably going to appeal to me um, and he also did not necessarily that's a leap like I said School of Rock which I actually think is a really good comedy it's fun it is and it's really touching um, and it's silly 
as well. It's like all of those things. It's a bit like Elf. Is. Yes. <laughs> it's like a, one of those movies where it's like... A little wacky, but you but totally buy into it. And inspiring in a way, you know. Um, so, yeah, the direction here, what well, I was really impressed by, and it was something I hoped he was going to mention at the end, was when you make a film over 12 years, technology changes. How does the film look, you know, the same? <laughs> and it does look mm-hmm. the same. And I was like... How did they do that? Because surely they're using HD cameras now, and back then they were using just normal cameras. But no, he just filmed it on film, like the old thirty-five millimeter all the time, which is expensive as hell. Like nobody use the same it. crew, same equipment, same lighting, everything. And it does all link up. It doesn't look oh wow that looks like it was filmed twelve years ago, and this looks like nope. it was filmed yesterday. It all looks it all looks like it was filmed twelve years ago. <laughs> it has to, yes, that's where he started from. So, yeah, I loved how it was filmed. I loved that it wasn't like home movies, shaky cam. It was it was just really... Another thing I wanted to mention just before we stop on the movie is... Also what I really loved about this movie is how it's punctuated with technology and music of the eras. So it's like, you know, the kid's playing a Game Boy Advance and he's playing a very particular game and they're playing an Xbox and they're playing Halo. To me, that punctuates different televisions that people mm-hmm. have and... Phones changed. She had a phones flip phone changed, at first. And, and then, then an yeah. iPhone at the very end. Like The Skype call at one point where you're like, okay, now I know where so we're So technology at. just, it's not overly like battered on your head, but there's just occasional shots where you see somebody with something and you go, wow, yeah, that car is very Didn't get the vibe, though, once he gets in his truck to take off that he was the guy from Into the Wild. <laughs> that he was going to go cut up all yeah, of this technology actually. and just yeah. jump off the grid. And I then did he ends feel up, that he had That's that. when I thought that. Yeah. And then they end up on a mountain and yeah. sort of like... Magic mushrooms and, you know, the... Yeah. The, the, yeah, I Disconnect. did get that vibe. Yeah. Uh, that he turns into a meal hirsch. And <laughs> <into that>. Well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's um, it's a, quite an achievement, this movie. I, you're not going to see a movie like this again, probably? Probably. I mean, you can. People can start making movies anytime. I mean, they will. Maybe in our life, in our livelihood, in our maybe, <laughs> maybe it's one of those wanting of time things that we see. Uh, maybe people try. If you had your way, you said, in fifteen years, we'll see the movie Manhood with the same people. I'd, I'd love that. <laughs> I'd really love it, but I understand that it's probably really logistically difficult. sounds yeah. difficult. I mean, this happened, so it's not beyond. It yeah, but then also, it's less special. Yeah. Enough is enough. It is. Re- this is an amazing movie. I was just. Th- I was thinking. We only just started this year. We've seen two movies, and I was thinking at my best movies of this year. You love how, the guests so how, much. But how could Boyhood not be it? It's. It's really, really special movie to me. But you don't know. You've got fifty more weeks to go. I just don't want to undersell this. It is a very special <laughs> movie that you should see. To you yeah. and to me, you you cannot honestly say that most of the people you know. Will enjoy sitting and watching this. Movie I think there are quite hours. actually. I uh, most I said actually most. A, a friend of mine um, who I play Destiny with, who you know, mm-hmm. an English English guy, saw this about a week ago, and he said it. He loved it. Absolutely oh, good. loved it. So I think it might speak to a lot of different people. And you know, he's another British guy like me, who an American. <laughs> you know, I, there's tons of stuff I related to. Mother stuff, playing out on your bike when you're a little boy. There was things in there where I just instantly was like, oop, I'm back here, you know. Where you are, like I said, he's the observer, and we're observing with him, and we're observing people's behavior, which is the parents fighting, the dickhead boys around you, the bully who tries to bully you, and his basic response is like, he just does nothing, he just walks away, and he's, we're watching that with him, we're seeing the behavior, and if you've been that person your whole life, 
I think I'm sort of always been off to the side because when you're the youngest by a lot, you act. You there's no way to avoid that you're standing over in the corner or you're in your bedroom at ten o'clock at night when your mom is arguing with your teenage brother and your teenage sister and your dad's throwing a fit about something. Like you can't help but be the one who's not involved, but you hear it all, and I right. think that makes you, you you do grow up with a sense of seeing both sides. I can see where my sister's coming from by disappearing for two days and going out and having a good time because when she came home late and that showed up after two days and the sheriff had to bring her home, then of course all the shit hit the fan. But I mean, she didn't hurt anything and she didn't do anything wrong. She probably did. But in my mind as a child, she didn't do anything wrong. From my parents' point of view, I was like, I can see why they're worried because you disappeared for two days. But then they're acting like assholes because she's in a room crying and she didn't do anything wrong. You know what I mean? Like you, you're, because I'm not her or them. You are over here way behind everybody. And you get a sense of, so that's why I feel like in this movie you're observing. And if you've been that person, a more of a over here kind of person. Yeah. You're going to identify with it a little bit more, I think, than you would if you were. That's why I think some people, we don't know how to classify them. Not in, in, I don't know, people who are on the on the track that they're supposed to be on. And they just follow the track and they play the football and they do the thing and they go to prom. They're the, the ones who go to IMDb and say, well, why is nothing happening in this <laughs> Not movie? all of them, but yeah, I can see <laughs> that if you've not been the person who kind of soaks life up in a different way. Like, I'm a very cynical person. I'm very skeptical. Just I just am by nature. I don't, it just is what I am. I totally get this movie. And I think that it's going to split people. I don't think that you're going to find anybody who watches it and goes, uh, eh. They're going to no. have something about it or they're going to hate it. Like, ugh, oh, boring. I fell asleep halfway through. Yeah, I, I am, I'm a big fan of it. I would um, give too. it the highest rating of, I could. Possibly. I don't know that I could watch it again. I, don't, I think I could, actually. It's quite an investment. Just for some of the subtleties, maybe. Like, yeah. Just, I, I want to see Ethan Hawke Again, dude. I mean, he, he was freaking. <laughs> he was really good. Yeah. Um, so there are some extras, but because this is a long film, there's only well, there's actually more extras than you think. There's a question and answer with Richard Linklater and the cast. It's like an hour long. They sat on a stage at Fan you know Film Festival. We watched it for like one minute, and I was bored. Right, but <laughs> um, you know what? It's the kind of thing that you can actually just watch on YouTube. They sure. always have them on there. Um, and you, if you just sat in the background and listened to it, that's it's where fine, a film critic interviews the cast. I wouldn't want to sit and listen to the whole thing, unfortunately. But then there's actually a thing called the Twelve Year Project, which is like a featurette. It lasts about twenty minutes, and it's behind the scenes a little bit. Um, you get to you get to see photographs of them as they grow up, and like on the set stuff, and interviews with the with them as themselves not as the characters and at different times there they, yeah. you can see from ethan hawk 12 years makes a difference when yeah you're it really adult. does it, it really does and you can see him talking about it in the beginning and then talking about it now after the release. which i'm glad they have some extras of that kind i'm glad that somebody documented it throughout but um there's no commentary those are the only two extras um it kind of speaks for itself really yeah it's it's yeah i'd like to see a documentary of the whole a lot of behind the scenes. Um, maybe there is one. Maybe it's coming why? later. It's the kind of thing I really, really I like. I know, but why? Watching. What would you gain from that that you don't already understand? I don't know. Just moments on the set that I'd like to, you know, stuff that... But if you can already The logistics it of it, the, you know, where they filmed it even. I just like to know some things, you know, like... You know, I, um, from dusk till dawn has this awesome 
documentary called Full Tilt Boogie. That's like a it's as long as the movie, and it's just pr- chronicles the making of that movie. And a lot of stuff went on during that movie, um, as you know. Like a, there was a. Strike. You mean you want to see them sitting in like their office talking about? Yeah, we're gonna I love Ethan that stuff. <laughs> yeah, and and with a, with something like this that took place over twelve years, there's obviously a lot. But you of- know that happened. You know that he sat there and had his people say, "Okay, we're we're two months out now. We're gonna have to." I love do- how things are created, and that's why I like listening to commentaries and seeing behind the scenes things. And this seems like there'd be a lot of behind the scenes things. Maybe it'll come later in a special. Super duper edition. I don't think so. But um, thanks to Paramount for this uh, great movie. Really good. Um, if you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com. You can win a copy of Left Behind, starring Nicolas Cage, on Blu-ray. Uh, thanks to Paramount. Speaking again. of Patricia Arquette, she was married to Nicolas Cage. Yes, she was. There's the link for this one. Divorced. Week. Yeah. Because he's insane, I think. A little bit insane. So uh, next week's uh, Blu-ray review is The Good Lie, starring Reese Witherspoon. I've not seen Reese Witherspoon in a movie for the longest time, so we're going to watch that. Uh, The last thing I heard about Reese Witherspoon was her getting arrested for, I think, drinking and driving, or public drunkenness, I can't remember, and her saying to the police, Do you know who I am? Was that her? Do you know who I am? Yeah. Yeah, That's kind of shitty. She did, like, two movies this year. She did uh, The Good Liar, one called Wild, which is very similar to that Into the Wild, mm-hmm. where she's on a yeah. backpacking thing across, you know, trying to find It's like herself. Eat, Pray, Love and stuff. I don't know what it is. I just... Into the Wild I liked, but I don't know that I would have watched Into it the Wild purpose. is really good. It's really good. good. Yeah, really good. Um, so, moving on to movie recommendations. It's really cheery. <laughs> I am going with movie recommendations, and my first one as a uh, tie to Richard Linklater, because it's Kevin, Kevin Smith's Clerks. And the reason Kevin Smith started to make movies in the first place was because of Richard Linklater. He went, he got into movies, and then he went to a screening of Slacker, which is one of Richard Linklater's really early films. He watched that movie, and that movie's all handheld, and it's like made on a really tight budget, and he just made this movie. And Kevin Smith came out of there and said, I can make a movie. And that Better movie than that. inspired. <laughs> well, that whole movie inspired him to go and make Clerks, put all the money on his credit cards and do it. Because. He didn't realize before that it could be done by somebody other than a studio. Like it, right. Like, it looks like, oh, the, a dude just did this. Yeah, but Slacker was a studio. It, Slackers. Well, uh, Slacker was very low budget. Like, uh, like on the lower than Clerks. Right. It was super low budget. Handheld, black and white, very... Never seen it, have you? I have seen it, yeah. Many, many years ago on Channel 4. And I <laughs> wasn't really into it, but then I didn't have the same kind of... I might be into it now, you know. But uh, I want to say Clerks because Richard Linklater directly influenced another director to make a movie. And that led Otis. all the way up to Tusk. It Isn't that a great result? <laughs> and my other one is about growing up, but in a really, really dark and sinister way, and it's kids. No shit. Um, which is, I think is a really good look at, like, you know, becoming, like, t- that teenage... It's not even dark and slash- sinister, it's, like, real. Yeah, it's really, really, really real. And maybe a bit too real for some people, mm-hmm. but it's an awesome movie. It's from many years ago. Chloe Savini is in it. Um, but it's this very realistic look at these, like, I think they're from, I think it's New York, like, urban kids growing up and what can happen. And it's dirty and weird and you feel kind of manky after you've watched it. Like, like when you've watched Irreversible, you kind of feel dirty. Yep. I think yes. that's how you feel when you come out of kids, too. It's a very different movie to Boyhood, but it's a growing up story. So they're mine for this week. And mine are 
The Wonder Years. Not so much because it's just about a fictional boy growing up, but that's what you do get. And it, you get it's sort of like the Mad Men of its day, because you go through True. historical events in the 60s, 70s, you know. But also, that actually, the actors in it had they, to grow they, up, they and you, up you watch that. them through the... And that's how with any child actors, but a lot of kids, a lot of TV shows weren't necessarily about the kid growing up, whereas Wonder Years is... A meet on constantly a reflection of growing up and observing things and how you feel about life and how you absorb things in life, you know, as a boy and growing up. So I think that that um, you can get it now, I'm sure, anywhere or watch it. I don't know if it's on it, ju- it actually just came out on um, a box set with the whole of it, and of it's in a um, it's in a school <laughs> locker. Oh wow! That opens up with it all in there. I but, wouldn't have that, but that's cool. Yeah. And another one is Sixteen Candles. Not because it has anything to do with any of this, except. When you think about your life and you and things flash you back to moments like the girl saying, I only remember you fighting that one time. I don't remember anything else. When I hear a clip from Sixteen Candles or see a reference to Sixteen Candles, it's like my brain has a little tiny, there's a little connection in there somewhere that takes me back to the couch in that apartment, my junior and senior years of high school, in this little tiny apartment, low-income housing, because my mother and I had moved out, and I'm sitting in the dark, two in the morning probably multiple times, sixteen because can- I'm waiting for 16 Candles to come on. And I'm watching it with a sort of like, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful to be Molly Ringwald, and the boy finally notices you in the end, and these funny friends, and this sort of like, almost like I was substituting myself with these, with the movie, like right. in that moment in time, and I don't know why, just a reflection of youth, you know, that sort of like. And true story, I've still never seen true it. romance. I've still never seen Sixteen Candles. The true story is oh, um, right. You wouldn't love it now, I'm but sure. I did grow up on Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Right, which was a, it's not the same. It's no. uh, Sixteen Candles is just sort of a romp. My eighties movies that I watched many times of was Weird Science, um, Ferris Bueller. So many times I watched those two movies. And um, obviously Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> those aren't like teen angst no. movies or anything. No. Um, and my, I have a third one. Actually, it's True Romance. Because, well, there's Alabama that we're watching. And I haven't watched it for years. Let's watch it. And I have a re- and also had a reference to another one of my top five movies of all time. In that five, they're not in any particular order, but two of them are Midnight Run with Robert De Niro and True Romance. And this last week, Bob's Burgers did an homage to Midnight Run. And I was like, oh my god! They even did the music and the vibe, and I was just like, the guy who makes the show loves the same movies that I do. That's awesome. But um, True Romance is... Yeah, we should watch it. Quentin Tarantino wrote it. I don't care. I didn't care then, and I don't care now. All I know is... <laughs> the story of when I watched it the first time, it was like <gasps> I have the Blu-ray. I bought the Blu-ray when it came way. out. Um, just not 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 that long ago, I, I got it because I was like, um, you know, I've got the DVD, but it's that weird where it doesn't look right yeah. on the TV. So I changed it for the Blu-ray. Ooh, because so we, we need to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay so um, and Fifth Element. I want to make a duo, a two, a double billing. Talking of it, yeah, I've also bought that on Blu-ray. What's the tie between those two? The tie between those two is... Moe's brother, Gary Oldman. Yeah, he is in both of those. <laughs> Duh! Zog. <laughs> yes, and that dickhead. <laughs> yeah. Like Zach, the Rastafarian dude. Yeah, but oh, yeah. what a dick. Um, all right, so 
Moving on to games and A-Scully stuff, because there's not very long past between the last podcast and this podcast, I have played some Destiny. Whatever. <gasps> Shocking. But the big news is, what an, is CES is going on at the moment, con- Consumer Entertainment Show. And they did announce yesterday that the s- successor to Blu-ray is about to, well, early 2016. It's got a name now. It's called Ultra HD Blu-ray. It'll be 4K movies. 100 gigabytes fits on a disc instead of the 50. Four that... kilometers. That's a long movie. True. <laughs> but I'm bummed. That I'm fourth, you know, 4K, uh, 4,000 No, pixels. most people don't know what you're talking about. It's just higher resolution. Okay. <laughs> Four times the resolution of our current Blu-rays. It's coming in 2016. Uh, the details are you need a new player to play it. You obviously need a new television. So <laughs> what? So what's going to happen there is... It will come out in 2016. 4K televisions are already out. They're starting to become cheaper. And I saw one for $7.99, uh, 50-inch, recently on Best Buy. So those are becoming affordable in the realms of televisions. But this will come out in 2016, the special Blu-ray player. Um, it will play the old Blu-rays and DVDs, so it's all backwards compatible. What will happen, and I will tell you now, that will come out in 2016. It'll be about $1,000 um, it'll, only the extreme hardcore people will buy it. It will take about three or four years, like Blu-ray, to become the mainstream. Like DVD is not the mainstream anymore; it's Blu-ray. It, it has been for a year or two. So you're looking at 2018 to 2020 before this becomes the norm, the 4K thing. That's quite a prediction. Well, it's the same as it's same as DVD, same as Blu-ray. I think it'll move faster this time. It, no, it doesn't move faster because what happens is people. Go, you know, average people go. This looks fine. Mm-hmm. Um, my TV. Then I'm average. Yeah, but but then what happens then is the manufacturers of these things stop making the old technology and revert to the only the new stuff. Then that becomes the thing that you can only buy, and it becomes cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And then eventually you just have it anyway because that's the thing. But that takes years to happen. So it'll be like yeah, movie... this $1,800 television in there right now is going to be in there for a long fucking time. We're not replacing it anytime soon unless somebody wants to grace me with enough money to replace it. And even then, I'll probably spend that money on something else. Because that TV is fine. Yeah, but you know, you never know with electronics and you never know, do you? I mean, like, that TV might not work tomorrow. It, you, <laughs> you never know. Well, then you get to buy the next one. But, um, yeah. <laughs> so, for you know, it's going to be called Ultra HD Blu-ray. Um... I imagine the next game consoles will have it included. I mean, they, they should do, because it would be great to have 100 gigabyte storage for games, actually, because games are becoming bigger and bigger all the time. Sometimes you need two Blu-rays to fit a game on. Uh, so that's that. You're going to have to wait a long time for that. Um, the other thing is uh, the PlayStation Plus games were announced for um, January, so you get free games. They're available now. They came out yesterday. One of them is Infamous First Light, which is actually the first PS4 game that they're giving you for free. Um, and it's a PS4 game, and it's awesome. It's Infamous. Uh, you've seen me play Infamous. And I, I unfortunately, I already played that game because I got it when it came out. But it is now free to everybody. And another PS4 game called The Swapper. And this is an interesting game. It's like a side-on game, like a side-on platformer. And like Portal, you've got this gun. But what this gun does, it doesn't open holes to other places. You can clone yourself four times, the swapper. And you can... But your... What do you call it? Your consciousness can only be in one of the clones. So 
it's a puzzle game of getting to places by cloning yourself and then swapping your consciousness into these different clones and it gets progressively more complicated as it goes on it's called The Swapper it's free now You can, if you've got a Playstation Plus subscription you can get it so that is Games and High Schooly stuff what's for dinner Sid though? Tonight is almost a repeat of last night, which of course they don't know what that was, but I really love this uh, mushroom couscous. Yeah, delicious. Near East brand uh, mushroom couscous and crunch quinoa burger, but crunch is with a Q, Q R U N C H. This is all very packaged food, by the way, and frozen peas. <laughs> package, package, package. And some cookies or something. Yes, I bought some cookies that were already pre-made. Yeah, I'm not really in the cooking mood the last couple of days. Although I did make a couple of things that were really good. Last night, that canned stuff, we discovered a can I forget the brand name now. Martha somebody. But canned vegetables. And I made homemade bread. And, well, I'll talk about it next week. We'll have some more of that next week. Homemade bread with my new KitchenAid mixer that I got for Christmas. And my advice is... And, again, you might have to dig around to find advice in here. But, um... One thing I was thinking about this week. If you went somewhere where, like, literally, literally, no one knew you. You walk, you go somewhere, So it, could, it doesn't even have to be far away, really. I could go, you know, to a neighboring city and nobody's going to know me. Chances are. And uh, if you go somewhere, there's no threat of anyone ever knowing you. Not knowing you by sight, not knowing your name, not knowing your family name, not knowing anything about you. Like, are you still you? Because if, if a lot of your behavior and the things you say and the interactions that you have are formed in your head constantly because of the people around you and their expectations of you, then if you go somewhere where no one knows any of that, does like the real you come out? Or do you try to formulate the exact, do you try to like uh, clone that experience from what you have with other people? Like, well, these people over here know me as like a staunch Republican and, you know, um, go to church every Sunday. But over here, no one even knows that. And maybe I'm not that into it. Maybe I'm, maybe I don't necessarily, but I'm in that circle. And so I sort of say what they say and I have those conversations and maybe I'm not 100% into it. Do I go over here and then seek out people who I can form those exact same relationships with because it's familiar. And if I do that, is that me? Or do I go over here and try to seek out people that I can tap into, like, the conversation where I actually say, you know what? I don't really know about this. You know, I don't I don't know about whatever the policy is that you think you do, or this president that I do or do not really support, and the other person being different from those over there who absolutely expect you to vote for the Republican candidate. And if you don't, then that's a problem, right? Over here, that's a problem. Over here, that person doesn't have any expectation of you. And maybe you don't, you do want to explore a different thing. And now where's the real you? Or Hmm. in life, are you just who you are? I feel like I am who I am. There are times when you adjust your behavior I don't say, like, fuck, fuck, fuck every time I'm around my boss because he's a very mild-mannered, very well-mannered, well, I mean, non-swearing person. Well, I mean, you don't say that around <laughs> I do. I, you don't go around going, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> no, but I do swear. And I do kind yeah, of... Yeah, but not... Oh, it's occasional. I will say, you know, like, oh, I've got a pain in my groin or whatever. And I don't really have a filter a lot of times. I just don't. And my behavior is often the same when I'm with a clerk in a store or the director of my department. I mean, I'm often the same. 
often. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not, I don't also mold to certain situations. But I have been in situations where I've picked up and moved my entire life and plunked myself into a bunch of strangers and strange situation. And I maintain how I am. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't feel uncomfortable with no one getting me or understanding me. I don't have a problem with having to reestablish, like, oh, no, no, that's not what if I... I know some people who go into a situation and they identify that this is a situation where everybody's pretty liberal-minded. So, well, I better go along with that. Or, you know, so then that's not them. Mm. They are a chameleon, right? So they're not a person. <laughs> like, there's nobody in there. So I just thought about that. Like, do you depend on de- defining who you are by the relationships you have with other people? Or are you just who you are? Is that advice? It's not really advice. That's all it said. You to- it's a statement. <laughs> And then the rest of that I'll save for next week. All right. So I want to remind you about our website. It's aschoolie.com. Stay tuned. I was going to say, this podcast is almost as long as the movie. (laughs) (laughs) It is not. Uh, You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on stitcher.com. Search for After the Show. iTunes Music Store, Xbox, whatever that's called. You can also go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, and you can um, subscribe there. On the cover of that DVD over there. Is that animation? No. it's. um, It looks like they've drawn a... a cartoon of her. Uh, Reese Witherspoon's face. No, it's just kind of like... Wow. Coloured. Um, so, you can also email me feedback at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't care. And stay isn't true. classy. Ooh, stay classy. All of these people in this movie, because it was quite quite the show. Quite the show. Oh, you fell for it. After the show. All the people in Hollywood, like, behind the scenes men, stuntmen, they always yeah, say, like, yeah, yeah working on this show, show working, working on, on this show. show, been working on that show, and you're like, it's not a show, it's a movie. But to them, it's all show. And uh, I'm going to say, think for yourself, because if you don't do it, I'm happy to do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>